Hello and welcome back to the Big Esports Podcast. This is episode number 43 with Kieran from Adeki Performance. We get a bit more personable in this podcast and talk about how you yourself can look after yourself mentally and physically, uh, about how a lot of breathing techniques and maybe meditation are a bit less woo-woo than they may seem at the start and really try to drill down into some numbers. And asking Kieran, you know, can he prove to me through numbers and data that doing these breathing exercises and following these kind of guides can actually make a marked performance in your business work the same way that we've already been able to prove or the industry has proven that it works for athletes. So hopefully you enjoy this podcast. This is a fantastic one for me. I learned a whole lot. If you want to check out anything that we talked about today, there are a few links and studies and uh, examples, etc. that will be in the show notes at bigesports.gg forward slash 43. Enjoy. Thanks so much for being a listener of this podcast. We've created it really to help increase information sharing and understanding of the esports market. If you'd like to help us out, feel free to leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you do and make sure to share this with your friends. Hopefully we've been able to provide some fantastic information to you and a bit of a learning experience over this period of time, whether you're looking to skill up, enter the industry, or you're just looking to monitor to see how things are going. If you'd like to put yourself forward as a guest, suggest any others or ask any questions feel free to connect with us at bigesports.gg or on any of the social media platforms at bigesports underscore gg. Kieran, thanks so much for joining us today. As I understand, uh, it's morning where you are, and for me, it's just gone past 6 p.m. Hey, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to, to come in and, and have a chat to, to you and, and come forward to your, to your followers and your listeners as well. Um, yeah, in London, it's quarter past nine. Um, at the moment so not long been awake uh, but looking forward to our conversation for sure yeah fantastic so i guess we'll start this podcast off as with every other i'd, I'd love to learn a bit about your experience and history within games and esports because you're one of what i guess i would call the new wave of people coming across from traditional and trying to help make our industry better yeah so i haven't had the sort of the traditional introduction to esports and like you say sort of more of that new era so I, my background started more with physical sport i've always been involved in in some degree of sport at some level from a young, very young age started off with football um and then came through until I got to a point of in my life at around sort of the age of 21 where i started cycling and became pretty good at it um and i'm at this day age i'm a semi-professional international cyclist um alongside obviously what i do with with a decky performance um, with esports, it's esports itself. From a background of motorsport professionally, um, more on the technical side and human performance. So, been around sort of simulators and things like that. Mm-hmm. Working with driver development, human potential, and human performance development as well. Um, so, very aware of what what's going on in the digital space, and very excited about the way it's uh, certainly grown over the last few years. I think that we're going to see another, probably another shift over the next couple of years as esports and physical sports start to become more in line especially with sort of routines habits and lifestyles between the two um but uh but yeah um keen to keen to chat about that a bit more as we go on yeah fantastic i guess to kick off too can you explain to me even in an elevator pitch what your core service offering is what kind of, what sort of value do you offer to a business person or an esports athlete yeah sure so at adeki we specialize in holistic lifestyle management so we're looking at the uh, everything around an athlete or business person's lifestyle that we can help mm-hmm. them make sort of small changes sometimes bigger changes to optimize their performance 
performance output really. So we we look at stress. Stress is our our main factor, um, more in the raw form than we know than we normally talk about it. So most people talk about stress as if they're they're stressed out at work or they've got a lot going on at home. But we talk about stress as in the the sort of the physiological response inside the body from that input. So from that stimulus, be it a be it any sports event or training or whether it's Mm. sleep or nutrition and we take we have a look at these using subjective and objective measurements so obviously talking to the talking to the client about where where they feel they are um both over uh, daily and and weekly if necessary depends on what sort of level of uh what sort of level of interaction we're gonna we're gonna have with them moving forward and uh, depending on what mm. program they're on with us but uh, then we we look at the stress in sort of an objective measure using a concept called heart rate variability, which is simply put the difference between in changes between each beat of the heart. And that gives us an indication of how stressed or how relaxed someone is at any given point. Yeah, interesting. I mean, that was going to be uh, a question, I guess, that was absolutely burning for me to ask, which is how do you qualify or quantify success? And you know, it's always hard in marketing, especially when you're talking about ROI and talking about eyeballs and what does that actually convert to. And I always thought the same thing about this sort of mental coach and training. So you're saying that it can really boil down to a number and for you that number is based around the heartbeat? Yeah, of course. Heart rate variability has more recently become quite a common measurement um, in the space of, of stress, if we want to call it that, and, and performance. So it's being used and applied to all sorts of different things around the world, everything from they've done studies with surgeons and mistakes they've made during surgery, all the way up to optimizing Olympic level performance. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, that's something very interesting. So I mean, it's is this something that's that's rising within the market? Like I'm I feel like I'm seeing a lot more of, you know, this mental training coming in. And do you think that that's rising due to just the scale up of the industry people can now afford this or is it just a service that people are now only starting to discover i think it's come to fruition in a few ways really one being more the self-awareness that there is um with mental health and people being a little bit more open about the kind of lifestyles they lead behind the facade Mm -hmm. and um and wanting to be able to measure that and improve it because like we see at the top of any sport, whether it's e-sport or Olympic level sport, even grassroots sports. Now everybody's looking for that slight advantage. And at the the top end, everybody knows how to train hard, but often they don't know how to rest hard or recover. Um, And that's where we start then looking at the overview of someone's lifestyle and then sort of start looking at certain areas, whether it's sleep, nutrition, um, mindset routines whatever that may be to squeeze out that last few percent so that when they go into that competition the place they can be yeah and i guess i you know with what we do here a lot in the podcast is talk about the the business behind what things are happening can you draw some analogies for me i guess between what startup founders and and people working in the space might be experiencing compared to what the athletes because obviously there's a lot of you know like you've talked about and everybody knows there's always a lot of focus on the athletes but what about you know the people that are working just as hard behind the scenes I think it's actually uh, it's a really good, really good question, actually, because of whether it's startups or or sporting businesses, whatever it may be, are under a similar type of stress as the athletes are. Um, but they're behind the scenes. So we often don't really see them. We see how much load that the athlete is under. But behind the scenes, there are people 
stress to the eyeballs to make sure that that athlete's having the easiest time possible so that they can concentrate on solely on their performance. Mm. And I think we need to as what uh, what level of work is being done behind the scenes and treat those people in the same way as we treat the athletes. And that's what we do at Adeki. And um, so we don't just work with sporting and um, sporting athletes, whether it's esports or physical sport. We also work in in businesses, uh, everything from startups up to up to big corporates, because stress is stress and stress is cumulative. So if you don't recover from that stress over over a good night's sleep um, and you're eating poor quality foods and things like that, it doesn't matter who you are and what you're trying to perform at. Everybody's trying to perform at something every day mm. uh, and you need to optimize everything else around that to ensure you're in the best po- best position possible to deliver. So I wanted to flip around the question and really ask you in regards to your internal business, what's your biggest roadblock when you're selling your services to people? Is it something that they don't think they need? Uh, is it something they haven't budgeted for or just simply don't want? Like, like, what are your main concerns with trying to sell? To be honest, I think we're in a bit of an interesting space and time at the moment. Um, so because it's something that's new, um, people are quite keen and, and curious. But if we were to say that there's a roadblock of some kind, it'd probably be the fear of what's going to be shown in, in a sort of a qualifier report before we engage with coaching a client. Um, they might know that they're not sleeping quite right, or they've been eating out takeaway a few nights a week, or they've been out partying Mm. or just, or just late nights in from work. Um, everybody, we see the, the adverts on TV, we see the adverts all over the internet about what this is doing to our bodies. Um, but when we start looking at the, raw detail of that using one of our using one of our devices over a three-day measurement there is no hiding from it because we're measuring around the clock and that can be Mm. that can be a little bit uh scary for for some people but where we're concentrating on you on really helping people unlock their their true potential and that sustainable state of high performance i think the the curiosity factor often overcomes that fear yeah, and I guess the a lot of the points you bring up there are pretty easy. I mean, if I look back at my day today, you know, being a startup founder myself, um, you know, I came into the office rather early. I had I had something to prepare for a pitch and a meeting at twelve. Um, you know, I ran between a coffee meeting to a coffee meeting. Had too many coffees. Um, tried to get the pitch ready. You know, walked over there, which I got a bit of sunlight, which is fantastic. But for the pitch at twelve, and then I didn't. You know, went from that pitch, took a phone call on the way back to the office. As I hung up that, took another phone call while I was walking to my car, you know, drove to our influencer house to take a, um, you know, a a spa fix at the house, Um, didn't start eating lunch until 2.30 p.m., you know, rinse and repeat, and now we're recording at 6.15. You know, it's super easy to, A, have too many coffees, and B, you know, be really caught up. And, you know, for me, I find it really helpful to just take a little bit of time to try to breathe and get some oxygen through. But I mean, are there some free and simple tips that you can give, you know, startup founders to help take it a bit easier throughout the crazy day today? Yeah, certainly. Like you've outlined a a typical day there really for what we see all the time. Um, See, we've only got 24 hours in a day, but the day can run away quite quickly um, as you've, as you've clearly outlined. And obviously we start looking at things like tea and coffee to, sort of get us through the day and we drink it sort of habitually rather than strategically we've got to remember that mm. it, it takes a long time to digest caffeine so if we if we tend to start having caffeine later on in the afternoon that can impact uh, someone's sleep quality 
um, through the night and then that's going to roll on to the next day and have effects there as well uh, especially if you say that that would a, that was a typical day you're doing that three four times a week and by the time you get to the end of the week are you really making the best decisions for your business or are you really going to have the re same reaction times that are going to normally win you that event in esports so one thing that you said within within that is that you feel it's important to take some time to breathe and get some oxygen through completely right and um, so that's one thing that we we'd always always recommend is take some time out for yourself and um, there's some there's a few easy breathing strategies that you can, you can find them all over online and uh, we tend to build strategies bespoke to the type of person that we're working with but there there are a few easy ones to to start with uh, one's called sort of coherence or resonant breathing where you breathe in and out for the same period of time so say we'd, we'd inhale for five seconds nice and deep breath and then exhale for that five seconds as well uh, for the same amount of time but some people may feel that they're, they're shorter of breath that's absolutely fine it's more the ratio between the two that that's the most important thing there so anyone can feel free to shorten that to two or three seconds uh, to, to start with and then over time just gradually increase that time duration yeah or if you're if you're looking at sort of calming down you've had a stressful event you can use that coherence breathing that sort of brings you into that balance of what we call uh, parasympathetic and sympathetic dominance which are the two branches of your autonomic nervous system which govern that that response between fight flight and freeze or rest and digest and that sort of tries to pull you back into into the middle balance of that give you a state of adaptability and more present as some people call it in mindfulness mm. or if you like i say if you're trying to if you're looking to recover from from something with a little bit more impact we can go through the the four seven eight breathing routine which is where you inhale for four hold the breath for seven seconds and then exhale nice and lengthy over eight seconds and there's a there's a few other ways that we can we can achieve the, a similar thing. It really, like I say, comes down to to the individual. But I have actually written a blog on a few simple ways to um, to, to tackle those breathing exercises with a few simple strategies where people can implement into their lifestyles. So feel free to pop a pop a link underneath the blog and uh, underneath the podcast, sorry, and and send people to the website for that. Mm, yeah, and look for anyone listening now. And if you want to pause and take a look, you can head to bigesports.gg forward slash four three, the number forty three, because all the show notes, questions, and, and links, and we'll definitely put a link in there for you. And look, I, I think for me, just trying to reflect again, almost as a as a use case scenario as a startup founder, that you know sometimes those kind of breathing exercises can seem silly, same as with meditation and stuff. But honestly, you know when you start doing it, it changes things so much. You know, I remember. Before a recent board meeting of mine, been a super busy day, wasn't prepared as I'd like to be, but taking, I think it was 30 seconds to just breathe in really deep and breathe out, I was so much more relaxed walking into that board meeting and handled it so much better, you know, than I would have otherwise. And it's just a thing, like you said, that helps you make clearer decisions. What you said there is how you, how you go into a board meeting or, or a, a meeting where you're pitching to a client and, and breathing yourself breathing yourself into a state of, of adaptability. And that'd be sort of where we're talking about that, that coherence breathing. So people can do that. But yeah, there's, there's often this, this misconception of, of what that's really doing. And, and a lot of people think it's a bit of witchcraft or woo woo, but it really does work. And um, so for anyone that's, for anyone that's listening, I, I'd urge you to even just use it in, in your own home. Say you're watching a, a scary film or you're in, 
play training in esports or you're talking to talking to someone that you really feel that you're you're getting distracted your mind's wandering and you really need to come back really listen to what that person's saying so that you can have a sort of a, more of a meaningful conversation just take a couple of moments to just breathe a little bit deep breathe a little bit deeper and just lengthen that exhale a little bit so what we if we were to look at the science of of breathing there as we inhale if our, our pulse increases our heart rate increases and uh, that's where we're starting to activate that that sympathetic side of the nervous system that fight flight or freeze system and then as we mm. exhale if we can lengthen that exhale as you if you were to look at a heart rate monitor you'd start to see that pulse rate that heart rate start to start to decrease again um feeling a little bit more relaxed feeling a little bit less tense and that's where we're starting to activate that parasympathetic side that rest and digest side of the nervous system um and often with with uh, modern day society with like you're saying earlier with your that daily routine you've you've been through today that it's it's very sympathetic dominant so we're we're in a constant state of what's next what's next um not taking mm. enough time to really rest and digest and we really need to focus on that if we're to be better people and perform better yeah, and, and can you touch a little bit on, I guess, um, an overactive mind and calming things down? You know, it's it's one of the most common things I see tweeted a lot about, especially from people who are running esports teams and other startup founders, is they have trouble getting to sleep because they're thinking about everything, the next capital raise, how much runway they've got left, revenue, where the teams are competing. You know, how how are they able to calm their mind down? Is it is it something that you can uh, prevent from happening in the first place, or is it just a bunch of tools that you can help deal with the situation at hand? It's an interesting question, actually, and there's no sort of one right way of answering it, if I'm completely honest. Um, it would obviously come down to the individual. Uh, someone like myself, for instance, I, I was diagnosed with ADHD at a very young age, um, been unmedicated since the age of 13, and basically have been through this journey of trying to calm down my mind, my own mind for, for years and years. I feel like I'm in a pretty good place with it now, but I certainly adopt a lot of these breathing techniques um, not just daily, but uh, on multiple times within that day and depending on the situation that I'm in. And it really helps um, just rather than staying on all the time, it's, it's really important to switch off. And if you can switch off, you give yourself a little bit of breathing room, give yourself you know, that's basically getting to that state of adaptability, that middle state between parasympathetic and sympathetic. If we're over sympathetic, like you're describing there, someone with a busy mind, it is very difficult to shut off unless you've got the bandwidth to do so. So firstly, we've got to create that bandwidth somehow. And for each person, that's going to be very different. However, uh, if you just turn, if you think of those that ra those racing thoughts as a distraction, one thing that we can, we can do to sort of take your mind off of that and really start to get some recovery is these breathing exercises and um, taking the thoughts away from the next day or, uh, the next competition, um, whatever the worry or the thought may be, and simply just bringing it, bringing your concentration into your breath and literally just concentrating on the air coming in and out of your mouth, expanding and contracting your lungs. Um, just feel it coming through your body and just be a bit more present with yourself. I know it sounds like I was saying earlier, it sounds like a little bit of woo-woo, but it really does help. Um, so it can really help people switch off at night is if we're thinking about racing thoughts that there's a there's a nerve a cranial nerve the 10th cranial nerve in fact called the vagus nerve um, and that governs our 
parasympathetic side of our nervous system and it con connects the brain to the heart through that uh, it's a brain heart link and when we're breathing in and out nice and deeply nice and slowly we improve what was called our vagal tone so we can we can use or influence that nerve to trigger that state of recovery but if we're shallow in breath we've got racing thoughts um, it doesn't matter whether a stress is physical or psychological we still activate that other side of the nervous system that then triggers a cocktail of hormones to be to be released and it's very difficult to get out of that negative spiral once you're in it so simply just recognizing that you're there promoting getting getting a little bit more self-aware really um, and to the point where you can go do you know what i just need to reset i need to ground um, and take a few moments only need a couple of minutes maybe not even that depending on what you're thinking about and just take time to to really focus on yourself and breathe through it yeah it's really interesting um one thing i want to pull out the identified at the start it's almost you need more bandwidth to stop thinking it's almost like you need more thinking to stop thinking to put some sort of roadblock in in what's happening can you explain a little bit more about that yeah of course um your your phrase there is to, to stop stop thinking to think more um is actually really good um if you if you're to think of your body as a battery level um if if we're constantly if we're constantly pulling from that battery so not not activating that rest and digest side and we're we're always on um we're we're decreasing our bandwidth and we're using our bodily resources um without replenishing them to the point where we can we can actually think more so often thoughts race the mind's going a, a million miles an hour but actually it's it's not because we don't have the bandwidth to do so it's just that we've mm. we've really restricted ourselves to the point where it feels like we're being consumed so it's really important to to trigger that other side and and really get some time to yourself sort of shutting off the phone and putting it on airplane mode after a certain time at night for instance is can be can be a real simple trick to to help wind down of an evening and, and wake up the next day feeling a little bit more vital. Uh, there's there's all sorts of information that we can give people or can be found on the internet about the effects of having Bluetooth and Wi-Fi on right next to your bedside table. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a not another simple little trick that can help people. But also blue light. We see um, esports athletes training into the evening after they've done their, their day's training with the team. They often streaming on twitch or or anything something similar um and increasing that blue light exposure le exposure late into the evening will also impact sleep quality uh, which is again pulling from those bodily resources restricting that bandwidth and like i was saying earlier stress is cumulative and you can only get to a certain point before then that becomes sort of a mental health issue or or a physical health issue yeah and i'm a, I'm a big fan i guess of you know, through the mentoring I've done and, and business training for, for various people in, and the same goes for the listeners here, is just trying to take away a couple of things that you can implement in your life. And for me, you know, there's a few things that you're mentioning here that I can definitely identify that I've done that have helped me a lot. And, you know, like you said, it's very easy to think that a lot of it's woo-woo until you try a little bit of it and it's a bit fast and, you know, people don't agree realigning your chakras and, and whatever other memes that you want to talk about. But I think if, for me, you know, as a practical person and startup founder, if you can identify just a few of these things, the change is often so immense that you get stuck in this rabbit hole and you want to do some more, whether it's things like uh, I've got a dog, for example. So every single time... 
I go to bed uh, and have to wake up in the middle of the night to let him outside, I will definitely not check my phone. Because in the past, you get an email at 1am from someone over in the US, it's something you're excited about, or some work that you have to do, and then boom, it's 3am and I can't go back to sleep. Because all I'm thinking about is that work that leads me to, you know, my cash flow, which leads me to this other pitch that I'm about to get out, which leads me to this meeting I'm having in three days, you know, and then it feels like a hell inside your head trying to get back to sleep. Well, sometimes it's just too exciting and you're thinking about things that are coming up. And, you know, like these breathing techniques that you're mentioning too, in the end, you know, I think for me, I was hyper-skeptical on one side of the of the list and now I'm kind of sitting on the other. What's a, like for you... What's a soft entry for someone to start trying this? If they're super skeptical like me, what's one hot tip that they can do to, to try to start pulling them over to this side of mental wellness? Well, I think actually it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on this, Chris. You, you mentioned there a few times that you've implemented some of these strategies into your own life and found them to have a positive effect. So where did you start? Look, I think for me it was with a guy called Jocko Willink, who's an ex-Navy SEAL Um and talks about focusing, um, and that's that's a big thing for me. And you know, I made a recent tweet on my own Twitter asking people, you know, what's one small yet significant thing that they've been working on. And one of the poignant responses was one of the first things I ever did, which was working on one thing at a time. I think for me, you know, I often think about multitasking, which humans aren't very good at doing. You end up with fourteen Google tabs open. Um, you know, three different emails that are half written, you end up feeling very stressed and getting nothing accomplished. And by the end of the day, you feel like you haven't really done anything because you're being pulled between one task to another to another. And I find for me as a startup founder and someone with quite an active mind, this will even often go into the home life where you've started cooking something, then you also decide, well, I've got to wait 30 seconds, so I'll take that time to put on the washing, and then I've got eight seconds free, so I better just go let the dog outside really quick, and then all of a sudden everything kind of falls down because they're propped up on this fake fallacy that you've got time to do all these things when you simply don't, and that you get more done if you simply just do one thing at a time. So I think for me that was a great place to start. And the second really is those breathing exercises. I think it came to me through, you know, I started doing a little bit of running before I injured my knee. Um, and, you know, that runner's high that they call it, I, I feel like a lot of that really just comes from the fact that it forces you to breathe hard, breathe heavy, and you can't focus on all of the thoughts and things that are progressing through your mind because you're focused on staying alive through breathing and making it through this run that you're, you know, not fit enough to do but pushing yourself to get through. Yeah, definitely. And with, like you are saying there, it's often the simple things that make the big things happen. People look at themselves and think, uh, I've, I've been victim to this myself and gone, I'm going to have to make such a big change to make anything, anything happen that's going to really have a positive impact and make me feel like I've, I've either achieved something or I'm in a bit more of a, of a state of equilibrium. However, it's because our minds are just racing all the time. If we just take just stop for a matter of seconds or a couple of minutes just to, to recenter ourselves, um, whether it's breathing techniques, whether it's just trying to focus on uh, one out of those 100 things that you were thinking about, really focus on what it is that's going to have the biggest bang for buck if you were to do if you were to just do one thing to impact your day positively. Um, these little things can have a, a real great lasting effect as well because once they become a habit and they've become a habit for a, a long enough time, they start to become part of your routine. Mm. And then once they become part of your routine over time, they become part of your lifestyle. Um, so it, it really starts with little 
changes. We can make a few little changes um, at once, um, but it, it really, like I was saying earlier, for us, it really comes down to to the individual and what their where their challenges lie or where their strengths and weaknesses are, um, which we qualify through using a heart rate variability device over three days. Um, but for for the listeners on here, I think everybody everybody listening can relate to a day that you've that you've described of uh, I, I'm up and then the coffee's on and then I've got this meeting and then I've got to prepare for that and like you say three three emails that are sort of half written but if we were to pull everything back was was that really the best way to go about that day um what was the what was the one singular thing that you did that had the the most impact um how can you adopt that how can you adopt that mindset or that action within other areas of your life be it sleep be it nutrition um whatever it may be um, and start really squeezing out these this last few percent of what we'd call a sort of a sustainable state of high performance yeah and i think that internal reflection and, and retrospection and comes back to what makes a startup investable all the time which is a coachable founder and being able to listen to other people and take on their advice without ego but also doing that within yourself you know, it's something that I've tried to work on quite actively, which is, you know, when an investor or or a coach says to you, you know, maybe you should have approached that sales process better or you've fallen down in this area, you know, not fighting back against that straight away and actually being able to identify. And, you know, for me, this happened as, as recently as today where, you know, there was a sales process for a client that could have gone better and it was me accepting that fact and saying, okay, how can I work on it to make sure it's better next time? You know, is it is it not? Is it a lack of time integration? Is it a lack of um, exposure to ideas? Are we not talking to the right person? Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. How can we work on that? And I, I guess what I wanted to ask you as well is let's change tact a little bit. We've, we've talked a lot about um, internal reflection and, and what to do for yourself, but what about if you've got some uh, employees or people working under you? You know, how can you build uh, an inclusive environment to help out, you know, everyone inside your business to be more productive? That's a really good question. Uh, I think um, the age-old saying of um, lead from the front or lead from example is a really good fit here. Uh, I think you, you can't ask anyone to do something that you're not prepared to do yourself. Um, so if you're looking to, to sort of change the way a, a workforce approaches their mental health, physical health and well-being, um, then you've really got to start making these subtle changes within your own lifestyle. Find what's worked for you so that you can better coach your mentor um, your team to to make make that change um, often we need to uh, we need to have a look at our at ourselves before others mm, mm, exactly are there you know i guess we've given people some general you know tips and advice is is there um, co-working exercises that people can do together or you know i'm tr- i guess i'm trying to ask you and seek what are some practical applications that people can go away from this and, and start to implement with teams, you can if it, if you're feeling like the the breathing techniques are a little bit of woo woo for yourself, um, and that it's a little bit intimidating to do it within a work environment or a team environment, be it physical sport, esports, wherever, whatever situation you find yourself in. Um, why not get everyone else involved as well? Make some make it fun, um, and then that's taking your mind away from the other sort of stresses in your life as well, and um, doubling up on things or at a decade what we call stacking, um, because. You've got all these all these singular elements that can each in turn have have a small positive impact if they were if they were influenced in that way. Um, but often it's 
often it's what these little changes on top of each other that then really make the have the biggest bang for buck um shall we say so yeah take it take one of these breathing exercises introduce it into your team and have some fun with it see if it works for the team gain some feedback and and as a group find what works best for for you all to move to move into a, a better state um because like you were saying earlier as, as recent as today sort of getting frustrated with the sales process and things like that if you look at the last few days of your of your life um what uh, what did you eat how well did you sleep how long did you sleep um all those other little elements around your lifestyle bring it start working forward to the present day and think actually how much bandwidth did i did i start with um today is it less than normal um did i make the did i make the same decisions as i'd normally make or was i was i lacking some lacking some energy some bodily resources and actually was in a state of fight flight or freeze and and not thinking as logically as normal um there's there's many ways there's many ways to skin a cat right but um i think just bringing it back to what you said there about what people can implement i think the first thing is to promote a state of self-awareness so really have a look at yourself or as a team um reflect as a team get some thoughts from from other people around you i know it can be quite a daunting thing to ask someone of how what what they think of you but often it can be very helpful because we need someone outside of our own little bubble to give us that that little nudge to take action um and it can be a nice little exercise as a team and and to get to know each other a bit better and then start holding each other accountable have some group accountability people always work best people often should i say work best when um when they know someone's sort of watching or they're being um gauged by by someone else to get their their success in what they're changing so you can do that as a as a as a solo um and then asking one of your friends to hold you accountable and work with a friend on it or you you can do it as a team and have have some fun doing so and really move move forward and away from this sort of constant always on stress and i think we need to make or people should make um some time in their in their working day to to allow for this often the the more happier the the employee or more happier the the team member um the more productive and better work or better performance they have yeah it's really interesting for me always to think about i guess the practical applications and trying to understand why or, or why people aren't doing things like this it's really interesting to see, I guess, on social media where there's one side of the coin where everyone talks about look after yourself, eat healthy, etc. But there's also the culture at the same time of hustle, grind, work 16 hours a day to build a business. And I would love to find the middle ground between those and, you know, talking to other people who are working in similar situations such as me about, you know, what their eating routine is, what their sleeping routine and such. You know, are there platforms where people are discussing this maybe something that you're integrating, you know, where, where can people go to always be reading and educating themselves about applicable ways, you know, that they can help themselves perform better? That's an interesting, uh, interesting question actually there, Chris, because um, to be honest, um, there aren't a huge amount of places to do it. Often people take for to social media and mm. um, to talk about these things when they've got a spurt of confidence, maybe to talk a little bit more publicly mm. and then quite quickly get shut down by these people that like you say that are working 16 hour days. And we've got this hustle grind um, mentality that's being portrayed at the moment. But I'd, I'd actually, um, I'd actually like to turn around and, and ask those people the same question. That's great that you're doing those 16 hour days, but are you doing the best possible work that you could be doing? 
or if you took a little bit time for yourself, would you work better? Would you achieve things faster? And would you be happier doing so? Um, so I think really we can look at what everyone else is doing, but it doesn't really matter because we are all we are all different. We're all individual and our bodies are, although we're, we're all human, our bodies and the way they're put together are, are, is bespoke. Um, we respond to challenge differently. We, we respond to threat differently. Um, so our lifestyles need to be different um, according to according to those different um, according to that individual individuality. Sorry. So mm. I think really it, for me, it's more of a more of a case of we can't get away from social media, but you you can choose how you respond to what you read and hear, um, and really got to look at that and think about how if any of it you can implement into your lifestyle, whether it's going to have a positive or a negative effect um, and really start looking at yourself um, rather than what everyone else is doing, because we can't really lead the life of others because of how individual we are. So we need to really focus on what's going to be best for us. Mm. But in terms of in terms of where to talk about it, um, to be honest with, with forums and things like that, I'm, I'm not really sure where would be the, the best place to go or if there is actually anywhere to go, but certainly anyone's welcome to to drop me an email and I'm, I'm happy to engage with people um personally on on a couple of tips and recommendations or just to shed some clarity on on an area if they've listened to this and feel that they'd like to dig into something a little bit more specifically um so feel free to to pop my email or my my details in the in the footer of the podcast yeah the social media part is so poignant you know for for a lot of people that listen to joe rogan you know he's a prolific he's a prolific um, advocate of don't read the comments or replies on social media. And funnily enough, that's a New Year's resolution that I have stuck to um, and something that's benefited me quite well, which is don't read comments on public posts um, and don't get caught up in that stuff. Because I've, I've found for a while, you know, being someone who's never really used Instagram and come onto it recently, you can just get sucked into a hole so easily of scroll, 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 and often I'll just say to myself, I don't care about any of this. <laughs> it hasn't benefited my day whatsoever. You know, I'm just mindlessly scrolling through what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have rather sat here and, you know, literally stared at a blank wall to be able to regain my thoughts over that period of time rather than busying my mind just for the sake of feeling like I'm doing something. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you look at the time that you've then spent there um, looking at, Instagram scrolling through those pictures would that time have been better spent actually going through some of these breathing exercises or having taking some time to not, to not do those exercises but to time to reflect yeah um, time to think about where you've come from often um guy uh, there's a entrepreneur in London called Daniel Priestley um, and it's a company called Dent Global they specialize in they specialize in um Acceler- uh, growth accelerator programs for, for business people to become mm-hmm. a key person of influence. And uh, he often talks about this, this mountain of value. And often we're, stu- mm-hmm. we're stood on top of the mountain looking across to the next one without really reflecting on how far we've come and what we've built beneath us. Um, so taking some time to really reflect rather than stressing out on what's next can be quite a humbling experience. So I'd, I definitely recommend that people take sort of a little bit of time if you think if you're scrolling through i can't even remember what the the statistics are and how much we spend on so how much time we spend on social media now it's it's definitely well too into much. it yeah <laughs> far too much um it's definitely uh, almost in the sort of double figures of hours um each and every day 
And even if we took sort of 10 or 15 minutes of that, so like a fraction of an hour um, to reflect on what you've done, whether it's today, this week, this month, this year, um, or whether you segment it into it's um, into your your particular area of, of competition or or sport or business or whatever it might be, family even. Um, but just taking that time to reflect can often be quite a calming experience. And you you may not be going through any breathing protocols or or anything else at the time, but that purely just taking your mind off of the here and now um, and and the stress of the future can can be quite calming and help you start to gain some bandwidth really um, and replenish some of those energy stores as well. Mm, yeah, and. Look, for anyone listening to the podcast, I don't want them to think that I'm trying to be the Dalai Lama and sit here, you know, in a heightened in a heightened state of enlightenment. I do love playing a bit of Dota 2 um, and having fun with my mates and, you know, having a few beers. But for me, a lot of the time it's been thinking about, you know, how can I do things better? Is there, you know, is there a way that I can reflect, in, you know, be a bit introspective and, yeah, think about the work that I'm doing and be more efficient? Because, I mean, who doesn't want to be working less hours um, and making more money and having more time to do things and being happy while doing it. And it's really interesting listening to a few different people, you know, whether it's Jordan Peterson or whether it's Jocko Willink and their views on it. You know, there's there's so many different people, Sam Harris, that take all slightly different angles to this. But a lot of the times they're pushing similar messages, which is, you know, work less, achieve more. But my question just always comes back, and, and it's the same to you again, is can we prove this with data? You know, is this a case studyable um, thing where you can go back and say, look, this person wasn't eating well and not doing this introspection and mental training. They were earning X amount of dollars or performing at X value. They started doing it and they saw a market increase because I feel like that's still something that stops people so much. You can talk about how great you feel and how awesome it is at any one time. But, you know, if you're not showing them the numbers, it's really hard to convince some people across. Yeah, of course. I think we're in uh, quite a data-driven era. Um, certainly, in all the the marketing and stuff, we get we get thrown at us. A lot of a lot of that comes from from data. Anything's derived from data, really, these days. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that we we can learn a hell of a lot by having sort of like the data that a decade are able to provide through heart rate variability. Um, let me let me just um, backtrack a little bit back to sort of services that we're we're able to offer. Um, we do we met, like I said before we measure people around the clock, but we also have a service where people take just one two minute measurement uh, each morning upon waking, mm-hmm. um, and we can learn uh, uh, we can learn and see a hell of a lot through that singular measurement over that very short period of time. For instance, we've got we had one of our one of our sort of early adopters really when we first started um, became more self aware of of what is his really his lifestyle consisted of, mm-hmm. um, and he thought, well, do you know what? I've got a I've actually got quite a low heart rate variability score here morning to morning, and this guy is a, a serial entrepreneur and a world class masters athlete, and he made some he we, wasn't promoted by us we just promoted the self-awareness because it was during a time where we were we were literally just collecting the data um so yeah. asking people to just to take these measurements and supply us with the information from it and um, so that we could sort of better understand what was what was going on in the early days and um yeah it just promoted a state of self-awareness within him with within his own life and he started to make a few changes and 
uh, with, with sort of the way he approached certain aspects of his work. He said that he was sort of always switched on and then started to really look at his work and his nutrition in the same way that he scheduled his training regime. Mm. Um, so life became one big training exercise and suddenly his his blood pressure dropped. And normally you'd see that with sort of a weight loss or something, but he'd lost no weight at all. Like I say this guy is not just an entrepreneur, but an athlete too, world-class. Um, so he, his, his blood pressure dropped, his, um, started to use a few different, a few different supplements. And in a period of about two to three months, his resting heart rate went from mid seventies to low fifties. His heart rate variability went, uh, I think it increased by around 40%. Um, and he sort of start, he said he saw a slight decline in performance at the start. And then over this, this two to three month period, then started setting personal personal bests um on the bike uh which is a which is a massive improvement and also said that he felt a little bit more well, much more relaxed in his day-to-day -day life and and his mind was less busy um and it was really subtle changes that he made but it was all just given for it was all based around this one two minute measurement or this one two minute chunk of data each morning so yeah my answer is that yeah i think we can really learn a lot from from a very small amount of data and and really track the progress using that same data as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, and I'd, I'd love to see, you know, some of that stuff published so people can start to share it around because I, you know, I agree 100% with you. Everyone these days is, you know, concerned about, you know, cost per click and, and customer acquisition and, you know, cost per customer and how much they're spending, um, you know, ROI on campaigns, digital views, social media likes, et cetera. But if you can, you know, put it into a format that's easy for them to understand, which is something that I have to do all the time with companies outside of esports trying to bring them in, you know, trying to speak the same language as everyone else. And if you can start developing some database case studies, I think that's a great way to get forward and, you know, to hopefully enact some change. We've got, uh, we'll have, or oh, shall I say, we shall start um, putting out so, a lot of our case studies into the public domain. So be sure to follow us sort of on social media or follow myself on LinkedIn, where we'll we'll certainly be pumping this stuff out. Mm. Um, like you say, there there isn't enough um, there isn't enough out there um, in people's eyesight. Obviously, often you have to you have to really dig for some of these reports, and whether it's on sort of one of the one of the sites where you see clinical you find clinical case studies or whether it's you happen to be fo following a specific person in a very niche space mm. uh, often we're we're not really following those people unless we have an interest in it and um, so we we don't see those reports but they they tell they tell a hell of a lot and they can be extremely powerful in sort of even that the one person that thinks that their their life is that sort of that golden egg and um, they can read one of these reports and go actually do you know what there's another few percent there uh, even the most confident people can can start to make some changes and and squeeze out an even even more performance. So if you think about the people that are the top of their game in in esports or in business and things like that, I certainly believe that there there is still some more potential to be unlocked with those individuals. Yeah, and for those in esports, I really cannot stress this enough. Case studies and data are so important at our stage as an industry. In one of the previous podcasts with Pete Carulli, we talked about case studies, how to build them and how important they are. And adding on to that, data is so important right now. 
you know, as we're trying to scale as an industry and as we're trying to bring new investors and companies into the space, we need to be showing them tangible benefits of coming in here. We need to be showing them ROI. We need to be showing them CPM and how it's comparable to other markets and the real difference that we can provide because we all understand it from firsthand experience, but explaining it to these people coming from the outside, we need to back up our stuff with facts, especially when you're talking about marketing and especially when you're talking about benefits of being involved in the industry from a social aspect or from reaching new industries. Everybody talks about the same 18 to 34-year-old male digital-first mindset and links the same Newzoo articles, which is great because Newzoo does a great job, but everyone needs to be collecting their own data. You know, who's engaging with you as a brand? For the high school leagues, is it a benefit for the kids that are involved? And that's also, you know, why I asked you the same question about a decade, you know, What's the data that you can show to people? And, you know, as that starts coming out, it's going to make so much more of a difference because, like I said before, you can tell people all the time about how great you feel, et cetera, but I feel like until you can put some numbers and some peer-reviewed studies behind it, you know, that's what really is hindering it from growing at a rapid rate. Yeah, definitely. And and something you said there about uh, we can we can feel that we're we're okay, but are we? are we okay? Or are we just rationalizing it because we know there are improvements that we can make, but we're uneducated in a way that to, to really make some informed decisions for positive change. Cause we don't want to risk falling backwards. We want to push forwards. Mm. So is it easier just to stay where we are if we're not in a position of having that data that can inform us of which decision to make and or, or which direction to take and when. And mm. um, so we're, we are actually developing an app at the moment that will be available later this year. Um, that's all based around um, the self-awareness of uh, and the impact of, of stress over time. The studies found that when people were questioned on their life satisfaction and, and relationship satisfaction, that they concluded around the last 48 hours and not much beyond that. And so on average, 48 hours. Now, if you think how fast 48 hours goes past, mm. and we're not talking second by second here, we're just talking about how sometimes you get you you wake up on a Monday and you're like, great, it's the start of the week. And then you wake up on Friday and like, wow, where's that week gone? And mm. um, so if you think if that's five days, how fast, how fast two days goes past. And um, if you're just making a decision, like a, a life satisfaction decision, that's a that's that's something huge to think about. And your bandwidth is so small that, and you're so stressed that you can only really think back two days to really think about how happy you are in life. Then there's even more emphasis on sort of increasing that bandwidth, improving health and well-being to to gain more clarity over time. And our app will help people to do that. So we're wow. there'll be sort of a, a history um, type aspect to it, like a calendar where you can go back and really see. Um, what your stress looks like and, and the key elements of your stress, where your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what's and what might be the, what might be a, um, might seem as uh, the culprit, but actually could be the um, the victim of a knock on effect, um, and how to really better deal with and manage stress over time as well, and be able to see the improvements of that both. Uh, in in version one, it'll be fairly subjective, um, and then uh, as we move forward, we will also we also will bring some objective data to the table as well. Yeah, wow, forty eight hours. That's I didn't know that statistic. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. It's um, just a, like I say, think how fast that time period goes, and you've just made it. You've just told someone how you're how satisfied you are with the whole life. I mean, I'm twenty eight years old, and if I I'm basically telling someone how I feel about the last twenty eight 
years based on the last two days. That's uh, terrific. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and a good a good Saturday out with friends versus you know getting made redundant from a job are two very different twenty four to forty eight hour you know experiences from each other. Exactly, and I think like you're saying earlier, we really need the the data to to help us here. And mm. if we're we're thinking in such short periods of time, then using something like heart rate variability that only takes you two minutes in the morning to measure, or if you want to look at sort of a the more holistic view of your lifestyle to measure around the clock then we can really use that data and then look at someone's subjective scoring and see that whether they're just rationalizing things based on their thought processes or whether there's something more underlying going on. Yeah. And look, for those listening, you know, I I do hate having to talk about data all the time, but I just can't just keep expressing how important it really is. You know, I feel like a, like an old fogey having to talk about collect data this collect data that reports etc etc but honestly you know if you want the industry to grow it's just something that's just so important it's something you have to use you know and take it from me i guess who's you know trying to pitch to these companies investors all the time about about the awesomeness and advancement of the esports market it's just a massive thing that's holding us back so any data that anyone can collect and share two thumbs up from me straight away. I'm completely with you there, Chris. I mean, with my background being in motorsport and sport, I've been surrounded by data um, and directed by data for many years. But mm. but with the uh, where what we've been saying saying throughout the podcast is that people are so busy in their life in their lifestyles that we don't have enough time to sit and reflect about what's really going on. Mm. So the data plays an even more important and powerful part there. Yeah. So what's what's coming up next for you as a business besides, you know, rolling out the app and working on some case studies? What are you working on right now? There's there's a lot going on behind the scenes at Adeki. Um we've got uh our, our advisory team, we've got sort of many fingers in many pies. Mm. But um the main focus for us at the moment is the app development um and servicing our current client base whilst also obviously growing that um and helping people just become the best version of themselves that they can possibly be. Um so outside of that, um I'd say that that's probably enough enough for us to to chew on for a while mm. um and just keep doing what we're doing the team are, the team are digging into these into these case studies producing reports that you guys will be able to see in the public domain in the not too distant future um, and we will continue to collect data but also make it tangible so we see a lot of well, one of my main concerns is that people give out all these statistics all these percentages but what does that really look and feel like for for the general person what does that how how do i use that and and really make a difference in my own life to improve my performance or, mm. or improve my sleep quality or um, help me make better choices with food. Because telling me that 75% of something is good or bad, um, that really depends on the pool size, right? If that, was, if that 75% was of three, that's not a huge amount. But if it's of 3,000, then we're talking about something different entirely. Mm. So that's one thing that we'll be... Um, we'll be really focusing on in our reports is really helping people to digest the information um, by making it tangible so people can make some real clear positive decisions to move forward. So I guess if you're thinking, if you're with your question there on what's uh, what's on the cards for us moving forward, it's really to change the, change the way that some of this reporting structure is being done so that we can better help people. I tell you what, I, I love a good infographic. <laughs> I love a good infographic. Infographics, uh, it's like a like the age old saying, isn't it? A picture paints a thousand words. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you got words on a picture. How can you get? How can you get better than that? <laughs> but you're right. Like it, you know. It, 
I mean, look, for anyone who's looking to increase their engagement on LinkedIn, that's a hot tip for you. Post an infographic. People love engaging with it. They love resharing it. And, you know, it's an easy way to digest information in a, in a way that looks cool. There's some really well-designed ones out there. So if someone wants to engage with the Decky or, or follow yourself, whether on your website or social media, where can they do so? We're, uh, we're all over social media, both on Facebook and Instagram, but probably Instagram is the, uh, the best place to go. We, we do put up some hints and tips and, and reports daily on there. We sort of cover all sorts of aspects of, of life. And mm-hmm. um, so Adeki underscore performance on, indis- on Instagram. Um, my personal account on Instagram, if you, if you want to follow me, my, my cycling travels and what else is going on sort of behind the scenes, then that's Kieran underscore Blay. Um, and I'm also on LinkedIn as well. So uh, I, I believe I'm one of your connections on LinkedIn. So people can find me through your profile mm. or We'll pop a couple of links in the, the footer of the podcast so people can find us, follow us, and hopefully one of our one of our reports or one day might uh, might help you make a positive change. Or for those that are really looking to get the edge and really looking to improve that that last few percent of their performance, get in touch and see that how how the Adeki team can help you really sort of take a wider view of life and improve that performance by unlocking your your true potential. Mm, look, I don't know about those listening at home, but I definitely breathed a lot more during this podcast and spoke slower than I usually do. So if nothing else, you're working for me right now. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, Karen, thanks so much for joining us today, mate. Are there any final words you'd like to leave with us? No, not really. Just uh, thank you very much for giving us the opportunity to, to come on board and um, look forward to hopefully doing some more in the future. Look, I think it's a very important topic and I'm really glad we talked about it today. You know, trying to improve business is something that we do here a lot while connecting new people with the Big Esports podcast. We've got a wide variety of listeners ranging from people that are looking at their first job in the industry to CEOs and investors that are monitoring this. So I think a lot of people today would have gotten some fantastic value out of it and I really hope they did. So I'm glad I had a chat to you. Thank you for having me on, Chris. And for for those of you that are looking to, to maybe start reflecting and and to really question aspects of your lifestyle to to improve them. Um, one thing I didn't mention before is our website. Um, so visit www.adeki.me. Um, you'll find sort of weekly or biweekly blog posts on there where we really dig into some of these things that we're talking about, such as such as breathing or little gadgets that we we call biohacking gadgets where you can sort of hack your physiology for better quality sleep or um, things surrounding nutrition and such like. So be sure to jump on there for some free hints and tips and, and get in touch if you've got any questions. All right. Thanks so much, Kieran. And thank you to the listeners for listening into this week's podcast. This has been episode number 43. For any of the show links, any of the topics we talked about today, or if you want to start biohacking yourself, make sure you head to bigesports.gg forward slash 43. That's the numbers for three for all of that information. As always, feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe or share this podcast with someone else. We're really hoping to share a whole lot of value with you each week. Hopefully, you get some great benefit out of this podcast and the others and you can pass it on to some more people. Thanks and bye for now. Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. For show notes, relevant links, and upcoming projects, you can check us out online at bigesports.gg or follow us on our social medias at bigesports underscore gg.